All right, episode 11 of the E-Word is here. We have a special episode. This is Kyle. I'm joined by Ellie, as always. Ellie, say what's up. What's up? Ellie, we are joined by Shannon from Awake But Still In Bed. Shannon, how's it going? It's good. Like I said earlier, I'm in the back of the van. We're driving to our next show. And uh, I kind of have to pee, but it's fine. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, amazing. Oh, uh, Shannon, I, I heard last night you played a show with Commander Salamander and that it went really well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, we played with Commander Salamander, Origami Angel, and a band called Curd's Mother. And uh, they were all really nice and they were all really good. And it was really fun. Yeah, Commander Salamander and Origami Angel are like really good homies of mine. So I'm really glad that uh, it was a good show. Yeah, I was talking to Claudio about that. He was telling me about that. Love Claudio. Yeah. Claudio's a good friend of the podcast. Yeah. He's very sweet. Uh, three bands from the E-Words freshman class were on that gig last night. So. Yeah, um, we, talk, we talked about that at the show. Wild. Yeah. Really? This podcast got brought up at a show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, well, like, I, I think I, I saw it in my Twitter mentions that we were on a list, and then I looked at the list, and the, I saw, like, the... Uh, the, the the I saw those bands and I was like, oh, those are those bands are playing with in DC. So that was cool. Yeah, but it wasn't DC; it was Fairfax. But you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's Fairfax, which is like DC light. You know, <laughs> uh, Claudio would have maybe said boneless DC. I don't think yes. he would have said boneless DC. <laughs> that is absolutely. He said that to me. Um, he said something was boneless, something else to me and I was really confused because I'm stupid and I don't keep up with like anything so I, I it made sense when he explained it to me but at first I was like what well let's start with a little bit of the history of the band um the new album that came out in January is kind of the first thing that we all got to hear but um what what was kind of going on before that with the band um well I started writing all these songs when I was in another band and uh, basically, I was in a band where, like, I wasn't really, like, a principal songwriter. Like, it started out, and it was, like, really collaborative. And then it, um, like, kind of took a turn towards, like, me singing over another person's music. And then it was kind of, like, me having shared vocal responsibilities over another person's music. And it kind of got to the point where, like, the songs I did have in mind weren't even really being like accepted, like because uh, I guess they didn't fit the style he was going for. So, because that band wasn't really as active as I wanted it to be, like we didn't really tour that much and like or that or really play that many shows. And like I had all these songs that weren't making the cut. Well, I had always wanted to have like a solo project where, where it was just me, and then. Um, that kind of became like, I was like, okay, well, I'll do this on the side. And uh, like that way I'll have like another project to, to play shows with if my main band can't do it. What essentially ended up happening was that main, like what was at the time my main band um, became like, you know, we broke up and uh, I, I had all these songs that I wanted to do. And so I like, I had all these songs playing around, and I, I just uh, focused on them. 
And so, like, I started writing the record in, like, 2015, but I didn't really come together until after that band broke up, and that was in, like, 2017. Like, I had all these ideas lying around, but then, like, in 2017, when I didn't have another band, I, like, really put a lot of effort into it at that point. And then we played, so, like, with me. It was, the first several shows were just me and my guitar. I got some people that I knew in the San Jose scene to, to play in the band with me, and then we recorded our record, and we played as many as many local shows as we could. And then uh, we put out the record in January. That's basically what happened. Is the band... Like, do you have, like, an official lineup for the band? No. No? Okay. So, like, this tour is, like, essentially people that were able to go on tour with you versus, like... Yeah, I mean, I've been playing with, like, the same, like, group of people for the past, like, several months. But um, it has not been... Every single tour has been, like, a slightly different lineup, so... Got it. Um, I would like I would like to play with the same people, Um you know, but uh, it just hasn't been working out that way. So now there's not like a solid line out. It's just it's just me and my and whoever plays with me. And you recorded the album with Jack Shirley, uh, which is awesome. I'm a big fan of all stuff that he's had his hands on. Um, how did you mm-hmm. link up with him to record? Um, well, another well, it's like two things. Like one, I recorded with him a long time ago, okay. uh, like four years ago, and so like. I already was aware of him, and I just, I, I like his stuff, so I wanted to work with him again. Um, he's also just, like, a pleasure to work with. The first time I heard about him was because, like, around, like, 2013, 2014, every single Bay Area band was recording with Jack Shirley. For me, it was kind of, like, a no-brainer. And then, I'm, I'm like, really kind of curious about how the album came out, because it just came out on Bandcamp at, at like, the beginning of the year, and then... Just saw a lot of people talking about it, and then and then and then Tiny Engine scooped it up and is pressing it and all that stuff. Um, did mm-hmm. like, did you not want it to come out on a proper label or something before that, or was it just kind of like get it out as soon as you can, or how did that kind of come? Yeah, to be? well, I just never really thought it would. I never really thought that like a label would want to put it out, uh, especially at the time. Because, like, basically, like, the band was really, really young when the record was done. I mean, we had been a band for, like, when I started recording the record, it was September, and the band hadn't played a show under the name Awake But Still In Bed until, like, February 2017. Okay. So that was, um, I'm bad at math right now, but that was, like, seven months. And, like, we had very little name recognition. We didn't, like, have, like, you know, it was, like, the only people who really had any idea who we were were, like, people who I knew in the San Jose and like Bay Area scene who just knew who I was from being another band. So like I kind of just didn't have any confidence, I guess. I had like briefly like thought out sending it to some of the labels that I'm friends with or like not really friends with but that I was aware of who like friends had put out music with. I had never been on a label before, so I, I, I kind of or I even had really had a label put anything out that wasn't like a friends label. Mm. And so it was something that I would I was sort of intimidated by. I had actually had briefly like considered submitting it to Tiny Engines, but I was like, "There's no way they're gonna put this out." Like, you know, we have no fan base, and like, and that was my like rationale. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I guess, I'm somebody who like kind of lacks confidence in general. So like, I don't know. I, I had thought about sending it to like maybe Lauren Records, yeah. or like 
I don't know if you know what that is. It's a yeah. label in SoCal. Yeah. I thought about sending it to a Tiny Engines. I thought about sending it to... Um, I, I was trying to talk to Father Daughter Records, too, because I have some friends who, like, like have been put out by that label. Um, I don't know. I sent the album to somebody who works at Father Daughter, and they, like, never got back to me. And then I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to worry too much about it. And yeah. so I just decided to, like, have my friends press it like press physicals like I had my friend runs like a, a local area label called Fourth Row Records and he pressed like CDs and then I have a friend who does like a San Jose tape label called Dutch Crunch and he did tapes he actually did two runs of tapes and then um, I yeah so uh, I just decided that I was going to put it on Bandcamp because I, I kind of didn't think um, anything else was like really feasible and honestly like we didn't have any other music out so like I was really just anxious to put out the album, and so I just I just did it. Do you know how Tiny Engines caught wind of it? Um, yeah, actually I do, and it was like um, it's a really funny story. So there's somebody who's a uh, she's like a music journalist, um, and her name is Delaney Motter, and um, I like I don't know she's she's like written about a release I had done like a long time ago, and uh, so I contacted her and asked her if she'd be interested in doing like a premiere for the um, LP on a site that she contributes to um, and at the time that was the gray estate so I don't know if she still writes for them but oh, yeah. she yeah. agreed and then she she did a, she did like a little write-up for it and posted about it and like then I guess I think that's how Tiny Engines heard about it because I know that they contacted her from my contact information so that's nice um, and organic yeah, yeah, I was. They just hit me up. <laughs> I was going to ask because I I know was the did Tiny Engine scoop it up before or after that Ian Cohen write up for Pitchfork? It was around the same time, so like I time. didn't know. Yeah, so I didn't know this, but um, Will actually knew that Ian was going to do that review. Um, but we had been in contact before um, Ian Cohen had like before Ian Cohen had published the review. So I don't I don't really know. I, the, um, I have no idea how Ian Cohen heard about the album, to be, um, also. Absolutely no idea. Um, maybe Will showed it to him. I, I have no idea. Um, I wish I knew. That was, like, the most, like, overwhelming, like, time of my life because, like, all this shit was happening, like, within weeks of each other, and it was, like, freaking me out. But, like, in a good way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I can imagine because... Like I, when it got posted to the sub and it was getting some traction and then someone posted that Ian Cohn reviewed it with like a holy shit, Ian Cohn reviewed this, this record. And that was when like the buzz started getting real. That was when I saw people outside of like the subreddit and the emo Twitter realm. Yeah. No, to check it. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I put out the record and like, we did like a, a little music video a couple of days after. And then we did like a, we did like a, a little ten day tour, and like like in the month of January, it, I put out the album, and um, and then like all in a month, like we had signed to a record label, and like we had been reviewed by like a major publication, and I was just like just really confusing, <laughs> <laughs> but like but I was just, but it was it was I mean, it was amazing. I guess I just couldn't I just kind of couldn't like believe it. I guess. It's un- oh. that's understandable. I can imagine it's it's we- it's weird just like as a fan of the band to watch like the ascendancy in progress. 
I know you've got like some some bigger uh, tours coming up, and you're you're going to be touring in bigger venues, and so it's just been it's been kind of strange to watch like the progression as as far as uh, you know like splitting the difference between like house shows and bigger venues. You're kind of like in that in between area, and mm-hmm. I I just wanted to know how that's kind of like uh, impacted you or the band on on a personal level. Well, it's it's been kind of a, a weird lifestyle change. But one thing that I've learned from... Well, so I booked this like, really long tour that we're on right now. It's like 72 shows, except eight of them were booked by Joyce Manor's booking agent. But So, like, almost all these shows are, like, house shows or, like, basement shows or whatever, or, like, little DIY shows. I've come to realize that it's actually really hard to promote shows that are in people's houses. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I didn't, I kind of didn't realize that like until we toured with Joyce Manor that like way more people came to see us, like to see us specifically. Like, obviously there were more people there because Joyce Manor is bigger than us. But like, let me give you an example. We have played in Sacramento, California and in LA area several times like tons of times people will come to see us but like you know it's not like we're playing to like a sold out gig or whatever but in both the LA and Sacramento actually every single show with Joyce Manor we were playing cities that we've played at plenty of times to very small crowds we played those shows and there were a lot of people singing along and who knew us and who knew the music and I was really surprised by that because I was like, where are you guys when we usually play these shows? <laughs> I, mean, I was like, and I think cause, cause, because when we're playing like those DIY shows, like, it actually really matters how many people come. Like those Joyce Manor shows, like even if nobody came to see us, it was going to sell out anyway Joyce Manor. The DIY gigs, like it actually is really cool and there's a lot of people because then uh, the touring band gets money or if we're on tour, like we get more like gas money and it helps us out a lot and I feel way more comfortable at DIY shows but like I found that like way more people come if we're playing like a bigger venue and it's like well promoted if we're playing like a legitimate venue where the address is on Google and like there's a there's like you know people promoting it it's like brings out way more people and that's been like a hard pill for me to swallow because because I always like kind of like romanticize the like packed house show or whatever mm. and I always that's like where I feel comfortable so having to like understand that like attendance at shows is going to increase if we play like more proper venues like kind of makes me feel weird but it's also like it's not just about attendance i.e. like money like People like have messaged me or like commented on posts that we've made on on various social media, being like, "I had no idea you were playing the city I live in. Like, you you guys just played last night, and I had no idea." And like, that really makes me you know bummed out because you know we we do this we we go on these tours to play to people who want to hear our music and and stuff. So when people who want to hear us can't don't don't know the show happens, it makes me. Uh, really bummed, you know. And it is it is really hard if you're not like super tuned into the scene to like exactly. try and find like the Facebook event where the p- 
person's address is located or you have to like message the people who run the venue to, to find out the address. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, def- I definitely get where you come from from that perspective. I also like super duper romanticize the packed house show aesthetic. Um, but when you're like, I'm sure, I'm sure you know this when you're, when you're touring outside of like your hometown and you know, places with like more developed scenes, uh, it gets really, really hard to get kids into the venue uh, without like proper promotion. Yeah, because um, it, it turns out that like a lot of people who like want to see this band are not like people who have ever even been to a house show before. Yeah, exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, those people are not like bad or like stupid or something. You know, they just live a really different life than me. Like when I am home, like I'm almost I'm at almost every local show in the Bay Area that I can make it to, you know. And like I go to shows several times a week, so I know how to get to all the houses and stuff. But like, there's a lot of people who just that's not really like how their lives are. Lives are, and uh, they they just want to see a band that they like, and they don't know anything about like the local scene. And like, obviously, like supporting the local scene is great, and like that's what you should do. But you know. They're, maybe that's just not their passion or whatever and you can't make someone do something so they maybe don't maybe they've never been to a house show maybe they've never been to like a you know a show in like a warehouse or something and so like I don't know I've, I've seen that a couple of times now where we've played like shows and like ever since like you know the record got reviewed or like we got picked up by the label like I've seen like us like play shows in our hometown where like people that I've never seen before have come to the show and like are just there to see us and I'm just like where where, where have you been how do you know this band <laughs> you know what I mean um, I mean with, anyway. with local shows there it's like a like a barrier to entry you know like to yeah, a little bit yeah see. yeah and so I definitely think like you guys uh, your band getting bigger and playing this huge tour but hitting a lot of DIY venues is good in that way that it it helps introduce those kids who like you said have never really been to a house show before it can introduce them to the to the DIY scene or the house show scene like it's a really good gateway um, I hope so I hope so at least that's uh, I definitely saw a couple of kids who I'd never seen like at a at a local show before at the Vegas show so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that show was a that show was a trip. That was a, that uh, was a weird gig. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> sure. Um, well, um, uh, the guy who helped us book it um, messaged the band and was just like, "Hey, if you if you come to Vegas, let me know." And then he was like, "I well, I'd like to come to Vegas, but I don't know anybody." And so then he was like, "Well, well I'll try to try to help you out," but like. He's not super involved in the scene. He's a really, really nice guy. But he like found out about us from like Pitchfork and Ian Cohen, um, mm-hmm. and so like you know someone helped him put the show together. But it wasn't it wasn't a bad show. It wasn't the best show of sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't want to shit talk it because it was like fun and I got to like, hang out with some really nice people, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't think the bill made any sense, I guess. Uh, the bands we played with weren't, like, very similar to us, I guess yeah, I would say. you played with, like, 
a guy who did like solo folk punk type stuff and uh this really i'm gonna i'm gonna publicly shit talk this band the social set they're just like really awful local pop punk band that no one actually likes except for this one tool asshole who uh i pointed out to shannon this kid just comes to every local show and just ruins shit for everyone just dancing like an idiot and is this like no effects uh, pop punk or like or like real friends uh neither it's like uh if, if Screeching Weasel were just like on so much Xanax that they couldn't play their instruments properly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's weird. And they totally like went over their time. <laughs> it was just like a mess. Uh, but Awake, but still, you guys, you, play, you guys played a really fucking good set. And I said this that you played Floor, um, which is my favorite, favorite song on that album. And you said that you never played it like at another date. So. That was cool, at least. Oh no, um, we play, we play that song. We just, we almost never play that song. Almost never but, play that song. Okay. But we 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 played it numerous times in the Joyce Manor tour because our set times were like ridiculously long. Like we'd show up to the venue, and they'd be like, "Okay, you've got a forty-five minute set tonight," and I'd just be like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> you know, because we don't That's have longer than we, the record. our record. Yeah, the record is like thirty-eight minutes or something like that, and we can't play interlude live because it's like eight layers of guitar or some shit like that so I mean like and I don't fucking I don't want to like try to do like a looper pedal you know like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that yeah um so and yeah so we just don't play that song and so like without interlude it's only like 35 minutes of playable material and that's if we play all of our songs which we never do so um we were playing um at the Joy Center playing like, our entire discography and we'd still like have like five minutes left over. But <laughs> you're like, let's do let's do some stage banter. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate stage banter. Um, I'm the worst <laughs> at it. Like every single show, I'm just like I'm so awkward and like I'm so like anxious. Like I don't I'm not anxious when I play, but as soon as I have to talk to people, I'm just like, hi, we're like it's still in bed. Uh, we're on a really long tour. If you like our music, we've got merch for sale. Like, I'm so boring and, like, <laughs> I'm just so weird. Like, I, I don't know. I Like, you know, there's bands that have really awesome stage banter. Like, there's this band called Greet Death. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and uh, have, you, have you heard of them? They're, they're awesome. Yeah. But, um, we did, like, three. We played with them at South By, and then we did, like, three California dates with them or something like that. And like, they're so nice, but um, they're hilarious. Like when you watch them play, like the stage banter is incredible, and it's like so effortlessly funny. Uh, I can't remember the, their names off the top of my head because I'm a piece of shit. But, but um, <laughs> it's like they'll talk to each other, and I don't know, they'll just be like muttering what they'll be saying. It's the funniest shit. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I I envy them a lot. Uh, but it's I'm just not like that. Like I'm not. I, I I just get on I get on stage and I start stuttering and freaking out because I have to like talk to a group of people. <laughs> I never know what to say. I, like sometimes in my mind I'm like I'm gonna like plan out my stage adventure. Sometimes I even like write it in like a memo on my phone, and then I just never I never follow the script. I'm just like you know I'll write it out and be like this is perfect. This is exactly what I want to say, and then uh, and then I do it. And then get on stage and I'm like, uh, uh, where are we going? You know, 
ideally like one day I can just like get on stage and play the entire set and not like not say a single thing. Like get on stage like hi where wake up in bed and then play the entire set and then be like, Thank you and then I get off. But like <laughs> it's not because I don't want to talk to anyone. I just don't want to talk to anyone in that context, you know? Yeah. Like, what am I gonna say to like every single person in the room? Like that's what I'm gonna say. Like this is the name of the band, thank you for watching us. So like, you're I don't like, have to say more than that. You're you're like cool if people are trying to talk to you after the show and stuff like that. I like greatly prefer that yeah. than like trying to like when people yell stuff at me during shows, I don't actually have to make a big deal about anything, but I'm just like, I don't know what to say. That makes me like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? But it's not like a huge deal. I mean, like sometimes it's a big deal. Sometimes people like yell shit at me that I don't want to hear. Like uh, one time I was playing, uh, and I was like, this happened more often than I want it to. Like when someone like asked me to marry them from the crowd or whatever. Uh, Have you ever heard that happen? So, yeah, it's like, I'm so sorry. It's dumb. Yeah, that's that's real classy. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like. No, thank you. You know, like, I don't know. I don't want to be mean, but, like, I don't know. It's not polite to y'all and somebody when they're playing. I've, anyway, I just, sorry, I went on this whole thing about stage banter. What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say, I really want DIY bands to bring back, like, Blink-182 stage banter. <laughs> like, their live album. What's, what's that? Dude, what's that? I don't know. They're just being total dipshits on stage and, like... I think I think that their stage banter is actually was actually like pretty good during that era, uh, but it's very like scripted. Just give give your band members scripts before you go on stage. It's like part of the set list. Like I write like I like the songs, and then I have like the lines of dialogue we have to recite. Just verbatim copy an SNL sketch and just act it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone's just like you know like oh what's the next song and then 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 into the mic they're like. Uh, more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be great. You know who's got really good stage banter is fucking Frances Quinlan from Hopalong. Yes, absolutely. Dude, she's like she's really funny and like really dry. Every single time that I have seen Hopalong or that I have like watched a live video of Hopalong, she's always said something that cracked me up. Like she just seems like she's fun to hang out with. Sorry, I'm like fangirling over Hopalong. I'm sorry. I, I really like Hopalong. Me too. I, we we do that all the time. I'm seeing him for John the first Darnell time. Has really good oh, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. John Darnell from uh, Mountain Goats? Yeah. Yeah, I saw him once, very briefly. I had, like, he just seems like, so warm and sweet. Yeah, yeah. I get that vibe from his music. I, I've never talked to him. Um, but I briefly saw him play it. I took, I caught the tail end of a set he did at a record store in San Francisco a couple of years ago. Um, I was I wanted to ask about uh, the musical influences on the record because, like, there's like you know the obvious like Rainer Maria influences and like some screamo influences here and there. Uh, I have I never think... listened to Rainer Maria in my entire life. Wow, I I just thought because it sounds similar to Raina Maria and Ian Cohen specifically name checked Raina Maria in the in his review and I was like now I can't unhear it. Um, yeah, so we get that, that all the time, and I guess I I'm gonna go on record. I have never listened to that band. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> Do you even know they're what from they the sound 90s, like? Right? Yeah, no. They're just, wow. they're just a really good Midwest band. Yeah. <laughs> I have never heard a single one of their songs in my entire life. That's awesome in its own way. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I've also never heard the hotelier. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I've no. definitely heard the hotelier. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get, that's the other band we get compared to all the time. That one actually makes sense to me because I listen to Home Like No Places There on repeat for like two months straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's like so. that think piece era of emo, like when every fucking blog was doing their like, here's 10 bands to watch out for in the emo revival. The Hotelier is like definitely my favorite out of that crop. I really like that band. I really like Christian's voice. I really like, I just, I love, I love that band. But the, the thing that's really funny about people comparing us to them is people point out stuff that I had never thought about um, before. Both saying that the song that I wrote Fathers sounds like Life and Drag. I think that I said never... that in the last episode. Yeah, that, I, that happened. Ian Cohen tweeted that also. That, um, like, that's been a thing that I've heard from a couple of people now, and, like, that's, like, cool. I really like the song Life and Drag. Um, I never really, like, thought about it like that, but that's, like, I guess uh, that's pretty cool. Like, I like that song. One that we get that, like, for me, like, in my opinion, like, I get it in retrospect, but for me, it, like, misses the mark as far as it doesn't actually, like, address who, like, I was influenced by is the song um, Opener. Everyone thinks that song sounds like an introduction to the album. And, like, I totally, like, now looking back on it, I can totally see it. But, like, when I was writing it, my biggest influence was um, the song called I See It Too by the Brave Little Abacus. Oh. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. That makes a lot a lot more sense actually like uh when i was writing the song i was like i want to write a song that, like starts an album off like like as well as um that song does and like a lot of like my influence came from that song specifically like that song like the way the like the vocals are like really naked over like a quiet guitar and like how the vocals go up an octave halfway through um of course the song uh their song is like nine minutes long. It like mm. goes all these different places. You know, my song is like relatively boring compared to their song because it's just like the same chord progression over and over again. Yeah, but I can totally see where people got the idea that uh, about the in, in, in introduction to the album. It's like I'm sure that was also in my head too. Um, but mostly, I mean, mostly like I just wrote the vocal melody and then I wrote the music around it and then I thought it's only like a good opening song. I know, uh, I like, Kyle. Kyle pointed this out to me last episode that, uh, like, uh, the song Life feels like it has, like, some hardcore influence. Do you listen to hardcore? Uh, do I listen to hardcore? Uh, no. I don't. No? I, um... Sick. That's, like, a genre of music that I basically never listen to. Well, there's, there's like, these uh, really kind of sort of groovy breakdowns in some songs mm-hmm. that I yeah. kind of... Or, uh, sorry, uh, Floor. Floor is another one that comes to mind. That's just groovy. Yeah, Floor. Um, Floor was like, okay, so I wrote Floor um, eight years ago. Oh, um, oh my gosh! Wait, oh my. Yeah, goodness. yeah. So that was like one of the very first songs I ever wrote, um, and I I wrote it like on a solo record I did when I was in high school, but it was, it was like completely. It was the same chords and the same vocal melody, but completely different stylistically. Like it was like a bouncy, like upbeat song, um, <laughs> and I know it doesn't make any sense now. Um, and then I just uh, when I was like writing this record, I I was inspired to like redo it for this album because no one had ever heard that 
solo record I did when I was in high school because I didn't have like a backing band. I did it all myself and I never played any of that stuff live. And so I just kind of repurposed it for this band. And I'm pretty happy with how I, how it translates to um, like the new band. Uh, I think it, I think it sounds like it fits on the album, but it doesn't, but it, it's, but it also has its own distinct sound to it. But like when I was, when I wrote that song, I was listening to a lot of grunge. I listened to Soundgarden and Alice and like okay, Nirvana. Yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. Cause Alice in Chains yeah. totally has like the, the same type of like sludgy groove on, mm-hmm. like, on yeah. Dirt. Yeah. 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 Dude, Dirt, that was a fucking album for me. Like I, that was one of the first albums I ever bought. That's like easily in my top ten albums of all time. Like that's such a good fucking record. Mm-hmm. Just when you're like, yo, <laughs> people think Alice in Chains is bad, but actually they're good. <laughs> <laughs> they're the they're the one grunge band that I don't hear anyone talk shit about. Like because everyone talks shit about Pearl Jam because they sound like classic rock, or everyone talks shit about. Nirvana, because it's cool to be like, contra- like contrary, you know, like contrarian. Oh my God, Nirvana is so good. Yeah, I love Nirvana. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm like not gonna wear a Nirvana shirt because it's like hella stupid or whatever. Because you don't need to rep <laughs> that band because everyone already knows who they are. But like, that band is so good. Like, Nevermind is like a really good album. So is Bleach. So is uh, In Utero. Those are, those are great records. Like, it's, fuck it. You don't like care. I don't care if it's not of- cool noise rock and pop like it works perfectly yeah um, dude like okay honestly wait i'm gonna fucking say this shit i don't care if you guys think i'm not cool like i when i wrote this record i i was inspired by nirvana and like in the way that like that is has, cool. okay fuck, fuck anyone who doesn't say <laughs> right. that's cool like i was i was inspired by nevermind because nevermind is a fucking record of bangers like it's all fucking great like it's got catchy hooks it's well produced, but like listen to Kirk Cobain's voice. It's so raw. It's so fucking like rough. And so I wanted to write a record that was like poppy, but also like raw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was like a huge That's exactly inspiration what for me. Is. Yeah. It's like that was a big inspiration for me. And like, I mean, Awake with Still in Bed was like my first attempt at like writing music that was entirely like I was writing. And I was like, I've been in a lot of bands that were like really riff based or whatever, but this was the first time I wrote a like, song structured. And so I spent a lot of time like focusing on the song structures and the lyrics and everything. And I, I decided that like pop structure is like cool and good. Having choruses and like good, like with good hooks and like, and like coherent song structures is like something that like a lot of emo bands just don't do. And well, um, your record also has like a lot of good like arranging on it too, which I don't think a lot of emo albums consider. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I I, I really wanted there to be keyboards on the album. That was something that like people in the band were like, "You don't need to have keyboards." Like, fuck it. And I was just like, "But I want it." So um, <laughs> it it added so much to the texture. Right. Yeah. Like, totally. It, yeah. And like you know, like having like. It's, it's like subtle stuff that I don't think like it people necessarily would always pick up on, but like the chorus of life has like the vocal melody played on the keyboard underneath it. Like you might not hear it, but I'm sure it helps make it stick out. Um, yeah, everything everything about like the way the record is produced makes it feel like it has a lot of depth. Um, like 
sound like soundscape wise and that is another thing that like separates it from that's i think that's the reason awake but still in bed has kind of like grown in popularity is because your sound is like super distinct um as far as like yeah you have arrangements and pop song structure and they're all done very well but it sounds a lot it has a lot more depth rather than the kind of like thin sound that i think a lot of other emo bands are uh, doing now production wise I really appreciate that. It's definitely what I was going for. I wanted it to be musically simple and musically complex at like the same time. Yeah. And so like, I mean, like I just play like chords the whole time, but I try to play like interesting chords or like, uh, you know, have like, you know, whatever, you know, you know, that's what I was going for. I mean, you don't need to show off with how, fast you can do your fucking twinkles you know <laughs> that doesn't matter if you can't write a good song yeah i super agree don't tell anyone this but i do not like twinkle <laughs> <laughs> um and here's the thing okay 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 i'm gonna get into my fucking secret nerd side of me uh that everyone hates but i don't like really consider like melodic guitar rock to be twinkle like american football i don't think they're twinkle hot fucking take but i don't i don't consider american football twinkle people are gonna like unsubscribe or whatever i don't (laughs) fucking care ellie said much damning things what defines twinkle then i think of like guacamora so like snow or like snowing just like but like upbeat uh like Algernon and yeah, um, like, like that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, okay, okay. okay. I, I guess, I guess, it makes sense to call American Like to me, it totally is like it's like arpeggios with like capos on Telecasters is Twinkle, and like, like mathy shit, right? I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I like intricate guitar harmonies that are like well thought out and interesting. But, you know, there's just a lot of bands that kind of, like, are, like, cool. Uh, he has an open tuning, and here's, like, this thing. Yeah. And, like, that's, that's, not, yeah. You know, that's, not, that's not bad. It's just not my thing. The best twinkle, in my opinion, always has, like, a lot of jazz behind it. Like, mm-hmm. like a slightly more progressive and uh, propulsive, if that makes sense. Like, it feels like the song is going somewhere rather than just, like, noodly waiting. I wish more... I wish I wish more Twinkle had like like actual jazz like theory behind it. You know what I mean? Like oh, that like if they knew how to read record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I saw them I and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were I, good. I may or really may cool. not have heard it. Have heard the EP. Um <laughs> and I if sounds, I did sounds like you I haven't did, heard it. If I did hear it, I may or may not say that it's the best thing they've done so far. Shit. <laughs> Sounds like you haven't heard it yet, so I'm, I don't trust your opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fair. It is uninformed. Uh, I was just going to ask, like, how long have you been listening to emo and kind of what's been your journey with it, playing it and listening to it, I guess? Well, it's kind of complicated. Um, I unconsciously listened to, like, some emo stuff for, like, a lot of my life, not really realizing it, it, it was emo, like... Um, 
like one of the very first albums I ever had was a market mission of Brandis Garve by Dashboard Confessional, um, which I know was like corny or whatever. But when I was like 11, I thought it was sick. Um, Dude, and then like in high school, no, I think I still, honestly, okay, fuck it. I still think that record is sick. Um, I don't care. But um, <laughs> that record is so good. Um, I, I saw them. I saw them recently and they didn't play anything from it except for Hands Down. And I was like really bummed. Um, but anyway, whatever, fuck it. They're like, you know, trying to promote their new album now. Um, uh, let's see. Um, oh, so like when I was in high school, I listened to like the first Coheed and Cambria record and I thought that shit like was hella good. And that record is really emo, dude. Like, I know that like they're like a prog metal band now or whatever, but that first album sounds like at the drive-in or something. Um, That's totally correct. Like, like the the in between between like at the drive in and Mars Volta, like right in between it. Definitely, I, I can see that. Yeah, I really like that first Coheed and Cambria album. I also like the second one. That one sounds like even more progressive rock, but it still has like a lot of emo stuff in it. And then um, and then after that, like it's kind of hit or miss for me. But okay, you guys, those first two albums are good. Up. Huh? You guys want to hear something fucked up? I'm going to, like, fuck up a Coheed and Cambria song for both of you. <laughs> okay. Go for it. Okay. So, you know their song, Welcome Home? Yeah. Listen to that song and then lis- listen to the theme song of Tetris. Uh-oh. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I'm I'm skeptical. I, I that, riff just, is, that riff is tight, dude. That riff is thick. Like, I discovered that by accident, and it, like, fucked me up. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, okay. So, back to your question. Um... So I listened to that. I I, I was not at the drive-in in high school too, because I was really into the Mars Volta, and then I got into Ed Drive-in after that. Um, but only kind of casually, because I I hadn't really like heard music that was like at the drive-in before, so I didn't really know what it like how how to appreciate it. I guess because they're like really rough. You know what I mean? Like Cedric's voice is super raw, and like mm-hmm. when I was uh, in high school, like I didn't really know what to do with that. I liked them, but there was, like, part of me that just couldn't break out of, like, his voice being so rough. Like, when your mom um, is like, I'd like this if the if the singer would just stop screaming. That's my dad, dude. He, he's always, like, he. my dad has stayed up to me, like, I'm going to see my dad tonight. Um, I'm excited for it, but he's, he, you know, he's always, like, he's always, he just straight up doesn't like my music at all. And like, this, I know, I know. Yeah, he's gonna come. He's going to the show. I'm playing in Lancaster tomorrow, and I'm really excited for that. But um, so, so, so basically, I mean, to make it a long story short, not to dwell on it too much. Uh, someone told me to listen to Cat and Jazz. Um, like when I was like, like after I don't know, it was like a music nerd friend, and he told me to check out Cat and Jazz, and I did. And at first, I didn't like it. But then, like, I don't know. I just listened to it. I kept listening to it, even though I didn't like it. And then I just eventually liked it. <laughs> That's kind of my experience with Cat and Jazz, too. That's, like, everyone I know's experience with Cat and Jazz. Like, they all kind of hated it at first, but couldn't stop listening. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, really good. But they're also, like, like you know, they're, like, sloppy and, like, silly. Yeah. And, like, Tim Cicillo's voice is, like... Ah, you know what I mean? Like it's like Yelpy, like and, yeah, Yelpy, yeah. For me, that's what like it one thing. Like take on me cover, right? <laughs> uh, just like at numerous points, people have like said I sound like Tim Kinsella, and I'm always like, Excuse thanks. Me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
So it feels kind of like a like a, like an insult, even though I like Tim Kinsella. And it's like, okay, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, and then from there, I found American Football, and then I became like absolutely obsessed with that album. Um, and then I like, I like, <laughs> I literally went on Wikipedia and looked up emo. <laughs> and then downloaded all of the like major albums. I downloaded Diary. Uh, I downloaded End on End. I downloaded. Uh, so yeah, I just downloaded like every album that Wikipedia told me was to get an important emo record from the '90s, and uh, I just got real into it. And then um, the fucking guy who ran Count Your Lucky Stars, um, Keith, Keith right? Um, That's his saw name. That I. Keith, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he used to do a thing to promote his label, where he would um, find people who had high amounts of like emo scrubbles and like send them a message on Last FM <laughs> and be like, "Hey, yep. check out my label if you like emo." And then Holy shit. he did that with me, and it actually worked. That's how I like found out about all of the like new bands because I didn't know that anyone still played music like that. Like, I didn't know that anyone still played music like um, American Football or, like, Mineral or Sunny Day, you know? That deadass happened to me with Keith, with Keith as well. Like, especially, like, like not just on Last FM, but, like, on MySpace, too. Like, or, mm-hmm. like when you have, like, a certain amount of, like, what pure volume plays or on your MySpace right. or, like, a certain amount of, like bands in your friends list like mm-hmm. you totally mm-hmm. get like random bands and labels just hitting you up to listen to their music and that's kind of what i miss yeah. about that era because like it was not seen as corny back then yeah if you did mm-hmm. right now it's just gross because it was so like there was so few bands out there doing it you know like like i felt like i feel like every single band like back then like really mattered you know what i mean not to say the bands don't matter. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it felt like they mattered. Like, all of them. Even if they weren't, like... Even if they weren't my thing, I was like, yeah, but they're still doing it. You know, they're still playing emo in 2011. You know, that was, like, a, a thing... That was, like, a thing that was cool back then. Now now it feels like everyone's always, like, oh, another twinkle emo band, you know? People say that about Awake with Bill in bed, and I'm just like... Y'all literally not are twinkle. twinkle. <laughs> We're not single. We play chords. Like all the songs are chords. But you know, fuck it. You know, people are gonna say whatever they they say. Um, I don't. I can't like worry about it because it's just it's just it's too much. Like if I get angry about something that some like someone posted on the internet, then I'm 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 diverting too much. Like. Mental emotional energy. like yeah. stress and, and and energy into something that doesn't really matter are you like looking for and, comments on your band or anything like that or are you do you like try and stay away from it and and just avoid it kind of like i've gone through phases of both i think like when it first came out i was reading like everything everyone was saying and then like mm-hmm. you know the, the stuff where people like really praised it was like made me look over the moon and the stuff that like um, really attacked it, like really hurt me. Um, like there are people who like said some really really mean things about my singing, and um, like I think it was it, I think it was important for me to read that because uh, because no one in like my local scene would have ever said anything like that to me because 
I'm like friends with people and it would have been like mean. So it was important for me to read that because I had to develop like thick skin about it because I just, I know that I like to sing the way that I sing and like, I didn't realize that it was so weird to people until like this record came out. Cause like I listen to tons of bands that have like rough vocals and like screaming and like, mm-hmm. I never really thought that my voice was that, that strange or, or weird. But then like lots of strangers were telling me that I sounded like terrible and for a while it made me really sad. And then I kind of just like, but then some people really liked it. And I kind of just realized like, I don't really, I have to, I have to like get past this because if I like it, it, like that's all that really matters, you know. I yeah. guess so. It helped me a lot. Uh, it numbed me to a lot of comments. But now, now I kind of don't. Now I don't really read that stuff too much anymore. Um, I try not to, at least. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, I get onto like uh, the Reddit forum. Um, and I like see, I like see what people are saying because sometimes people say stuff about this band that's like not true <laughs> or like they say stuff or they like say stuff where they like are like asking like questions that I have the answer to so like I want to like hop out so I'll like say what's up you know be like oh yeah no this is what's going on or like no that's wrong actually um yeah. but for the most part I just try to stay away from it all because it kind of freaks me out um our email can unfortunately be a assessed so yeah oh i mean well the it's not really the community specifically they're all really nice about like to to, to the stand and that's actually awesome um what i what i mean is just like i don't really like the way that i experience like my relationship to music is like going to go see a band at a show and like catching their set and like or like or like having someone as a friend of mine like recommend me a band like I'm not like really accustomed to getting like music like, to talking about music online or whatever, and so and like and so just it just kind of it's not what I'm used to, and it kind of it's kind of confusing to me. But I'm not saying it's bad; it's just not what I'm used to. So I can't. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record and say some of the conversations are bad conversations <laughs> on that subject. Yeah, I don't really. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't really know. Um, I have an account on there, like a personal one. I just don't. Here's the, like I, I basically just. Yeah. Broadly, I really love the community. Like on like a broad level, I feel like there's a lot of like people there who are really good people, and there's like a sense of camaraderie. But every once in a while, you just get a shithead who not only is a shithead, but gets a ton of traction while spouting out their shithead opinions and making it seem, like, acceptable. Like, yeah. sanding, mm-hmm. sanding whatever awful thing they have to say down into, like, something that's, like, accessible for people to listen to. And they're like, oh, you know what? I kind of agree with that upvote. So sometimes you get that. But, I don't know. We try hard. We try hard to make it a good parts. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just, I just get stressed up. I read it. <laughs> I get stressed up. I got stressed up by Tumblr too. I don't like Tumblr is it. so awfully designed. Like the design of that website is terrible for finding anything. So I understand yeah. being stressed I, out by it. Is it a? Is it still a popular place? Like, 
Yes. Is I don't, it? Okay. I don't right. know. I never, I never, I've never had a tumbler. Like I tried to have a tumbler a couple of times and I was just like, I don't like this at all. I just deleted it. Um, it's less so much like a popular place than that. It's constantly getting new people. It's more so like the Tumblr quote unquote community is still like big and thriving somehow. Is it? Despite all the weird, bizarre infighting. Um, but it's everyone that I like... know, sorry, everyone ahead. that I know who like in my life was like a Tumblr person who like, like none of them like really use their Tumblrs anymore. I always kind of just thought it was, I bet it died. I mean, anyway. I'm sure it's on its way soon, but like yeah. it's still kind of like there. <laughs> it's definitely I mean, I'm, like I'm not... more there than MySpace or LiveJournal. Oh, yeah, MySpace is um, MySpace is better than all these websites. True. I miss MySpace. I miss Claudio it too. said he he's making a MySpace for Commander Salamander. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll read their bulletin that they post. You know. <laughs> I'll, I'll put them in my top um, eight. Go on one two three. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I like I can't remember even what you fucking did on MySpace anymore because I was I was in like middle school. Um, I'm not like good at the internet anymore. Like when I was in like when I was a kid, I was kind of like a a nerd or whatever and I spend a lot of time online and I would like go on forums and stuff and now I just like I don't go on the internet like I I, I have my phone and there's like apps on it and they don't even see like websites anymore because like I know that Facebook is a website but like I just click the Facebook button and I'm there like it doesn't feel I, I don't really feel like I'm like on the internet anymore like I am obviously but like Instagram and Facebook and stuff like just they barely feel like website to me the way that they did when I was a kid when I was growing up yeah and uh, I, I don't I don't I don't really like social media I don't it just stresses me out I don't I don't like promoting my band either and it's like the only yeah. thing that I do on social media <laughs> I, I just uh, I appreciate um, our emo for uh, being really really nice to uh, this band and listening to the music that's really sweet i just uh i can't I'm, I'm i feel like a fucking like old person when i go on the internet a lot of the time i don't understand it oh and um but anyway sorry i'm like talking i don't know why i'm talking about this i don't know um i'm rambling i'm old <laughs> <laughs> i guess i guess i never answered your question so um so uh after getting into uh new emo stuff from Keith. Uh, I found out that there was a scene for this kind of stuff. And then I found out that in the city that I lived in, there was a scene uh, for this stuff. And that's how I got involved in the San Jose DIY scene. And that was like, you know, like a life changing thing for me. That was really cool. Because before that, I didn't really understand how music scenes worked. Um, like I knew that they were, like, I heard the word music scene, but I had never like, really grasped what a music scene like was for reals and like I don't know being like being a part of like the San Jose DIY scene was like really cool and I was like I got to you know be around to like play like in a Nemo band when like um when the, uh when that was the thing that happened in San Jose now San Jose there aren't that many emo bands around but 
back in the day, there was like a couple of like ones and people like wanted to see them and it was cool. Uh, we used to, I used to play with this band called Lear all, all the time. Oh, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Have you guys ever heard of that? Of, of Lear? Yeah. Yeah. Um, isn't the drummer on yeah. tour now? Was didn't you drum for Lear? Yeah, Elijah. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Elijah is uh, the drummer for Wicked like, Swimbed. Was the drummer for Lear. Oh, he was the drummer for Lear. For Lear. Um, they broke up, but um, yeah. Well, thing that back in the day, like um, everyone was going to like this English shows in San Jose. It was really cool. That was back in like 2011 and 2000 until like 2014, and then kind of like subsided a little bit. And now then there's the time where everyone was into hardcore um and now i don't really know what's going on anymore i've been like on the road a lot <laughs> uh asian man records is out of san jose right correct was that yeah. like um yeah, my- was that like a part of the diy scene or is that kind of just existing on the side it's like a mixture of both because i would say that everyone all the diy kids in san jose like are friends with or like know of Mike Park and Asian mm-hmm. Man. Um, and at one point, like, lots of local bands from San Jose were on Asian Man. Like, the ones that come to mind are, like, Shinobu and, yeah. like, Hard Girls. Yep. Had, I believe, yeah, yeah. Mike Huguenor. I believe both of those bands had... Dude, okay, Mike Huguenor is awesome. I love Mike Huguenor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's mildly affiliated with this band because he, like, wrote our bio, and I've just known him oh, cool. for a long time. Yeah, I love I love Mike. He's, he's such a sweetheart. I'm really glad he's playing with Jeff Rosen Fox band and, and stuff. I'm glad that people know who he is because he's really talented. And Shinobu and Hard Girls are like both amazing bands. He's like just a really good musician. I I'm uh, yeah, I'm glad that was fun. Not to take anything away from Joyce Manor, but you can totally hear like a shitload of Shinobu in Joyce Manor. I know. Oh yeah, they know yeah. but I mean they they know that. They they yeah. acknowledge it. Yeah. I talked to Barry about that a lot on the tour. I talked to him about like Shinobu and and other San Jose bands because you know My, they're like friends with um. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I was just gonna I was just gonna say like uh, I just remembered that really bizarre moment when Barry tweeted from the Joyce Manor account asking if anyone remembered the name of CU Space Cowboy. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was like that band. The name. The ass. name of CU Space Cowboy. Yeah, he was like, he was like, what's the name of that band that's bringing back Sass? And everyone was like, Seasons oh my god! Cowboy. And he was like, yeah, that's it. I didn't know that happened. That's a lot funny. <laughs> when did that happen? This was like a couple months ago, and then he was like, yeah, I don't like him, but it's cool. What? <laughs> uh, it doesn't sound like a, something that Barry would like. Like I, after talking to Barry for a while. Uh, I does not seem like a band that he would like at all. But you know, it doesn't matter. Barry, it's a he's really nice, by the way. All right, anyone who like doesn't know, like he's actually a very nice person. Um, I think people think people think that he's a dick or something because he doesn't like talk to people at shows. But it's like, like it kind of if you're like in a band like Joyce Manor and you like leave the green room at a gig, like everyone wants to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, and then that's like really hard to deal with. They're so, playing huge shows, right. like they're not playing DIY. Yeah, that's weird that people like have that expectation. Yeah, they even play DIY. Yeah, 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. If they played DIY gigs, they would like blow up every spot. You know, yeah. I mean, like kids would get like like that's what Eric from Mom Jeans was telling me about. Like he was talking about like their transition from playing like DIY stuff to like um, to like big venue stuff. And like part of the reason that they like stopped playing call shows was because like they get the cops um, called on them all the time. It, yeah, well, it's yeah. not fun for them anymore. Like every night, like uh, yeah, every night, like you're worried about like you know, like getting like the like the coolest DIY venue in town shut down because the fucking gig was too lit or whatever. And like, um, <laughs> uh, uh, Barry like was telling me that like, like, um, you know that you know like that whole controversy when he like said something about moshing the oh, the stage diving and, gate yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 uh is that what people call it <laughs> that's fucking ridiculous um um so like a lot of people were like what an asshole or whatever um but like i was talking to him about it and he was like dude it wasn't fun like they were playing like big venues right they weren't even playing like diy they were just playing like, big venues and like, every single night like a young girl was being sent to the hospital. Like that's yeah. like not that's not cool. Like you don't want that to be your fucking legacy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like and so then he like kind of like fucking code orange represent. <laughs> he like went he had like kind of went on a like r- like a a little rant about it at a show and everyone like lost their shit and it's like how unempathetic do you have to be to like just like he- hear someone say like something and like I don't know like people like don't cut anyone any slack um I don't know I I I never I never thought that he was in the wrong for that especially now after like hearing him talk about it but people fucking just like hear you know they jump to so many conclusions and they're so quick to judge other people yeah all that shit like oh you Um, don't want us to have fun and dance at your show when that's like not what he was saying at all no like he just doesn't want people to get hurt, and it, I mean, like I was like the same with at the drive-in, you know, like they had that, like everyone like quotes that, like uh, I, mean, I don't know if you've seen this. There's like a, a bit where like um, at the drive-in was playing, uh, I think it was Big Day Out, and it was like the crowd was so going so hard that like Cedric basically told them like to stop moshing or else they'd stop playing. And he, like, went on this, like, speech about it where he was, like, calling them sheep and, like, bo- like yes, bawling at them. And... Okay, now I do remember what you're talking about. <laughs> I've never heard of this. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't learn that from the TV or something like that. Yeah. You didn't learn that from your best friend. You got that from the TV. You're a robot. You know, like, that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> and then he... <laughs> um, yeah, it was, like... Uh, I mean, okay, it's it's pretty funny, but like, but like it was like you know somebody like at the same crowd, like I think I, I can't remember who played. I think it was like Limp Biscuit or some fucking band oh, after them, and like what's someone that? got trampled to death at that show. Like I know it was so, like uh, there was like literal just riots at Woodstock '99 when Limp Biscuit played. They played break stuff, and people actually started like knocking over tower structures where they were playing and like setting fires. <laughs> Yeah, which is like, dude, fucking chill out. Like you do, you just straight up don't have to do that. Straight like, up, you just don't. Like, is is not good enough to inspire that story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to say bands are good or bad, but um, I just think that like whatever the band is, you don't have to uh, like to, to 
to like react that way to their music when you see it live. You just like don't like you can like dance and you can sing along and you can even like mosh or whatever, but I don't care. But like you just don't have to be violent ever at a show. It just never has to happen. Like you, it's totally something that you're choosing to do and you could just choose not to. I don't know. Like, and I'm not anti-mosh, like, like necessarily. I don't mosh personally because I don't, it's not me. I don't, I don't, I'm not attracted to the idea of it, but we played a couple of shows on this tour where people have mossed to our music, which has admittedly been like surprising to me, you know? Uh, yeah. We played a show like, this, oh yeah, the show last night uh, with Commander Solomon, like all the kids were pretty young. And um, they were oh, like, yeah. Was, yeah, Claudia was like, yeah, we got all our high school friends to come out and mosh for a week of Stone Bad. I was like really <laughs> anxious about it. I was like, am I going to be old and like around all these high schoolers? Because I'm like, I'm 26. And so like, I definitely like, you know, enter a room and feel like strange if like everyone else is like six years younger than me. You know what I mean? Or like, or younger. And, but like last night it was pretty cool. There was no one was super like, um, it it wasn't super like high school or anything. It, it felt pretty like like a it felt like a normal DIY show that was attended by young younger people. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's awesome that kids in high school are like going to shows like this and stuff. So, but anyway, there was a lot of moshing and uh, and there was moshing in a couple of the shows that we played. And so like it's cool. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say anything about it. I don't as long as no one's getting hurt until um, we did play a show in in, in um. Uh, Sacramento with Joyce Manor where people started fighting during our set. Like, there was like, a guy and he, he was like having a good time. He was singing along and stuff but like I was like glad he was having a good time until like I guess he had a beer in his hand and he was like shaking it around and like getting beer all over everybody and then like that's like kind of weird and uh, I wasn't going to say anything about that but then like someone tried to like fight him and like I like stopped the song and I was like, yo, don't fight here. Like, what are you doing? And, uh, then like, I don't know. That was weird. But, um, hopefully they figure that out. I don't know. I, I, uh, pretty lax with what people do at shows as long as it's not hurting other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think like we're the kind of fans right now where people like go crazy or whatever when they see us. So, um, yeah, I don't think you're that type. You're that type of band where people are like bringing their brass knuckles and knives. Because, you know. <laughs> but not, not until you hear LP two, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you guys played like like a like a really heavy groove at the beginning of your set. If you're like, we don't sound like that yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Our sound tech is um, um, a riff that Jacob wrote, and it's like. Um, like a metal riff or whatever, it and it's like really like silly. Bodied, like just like a heavy yeah. mosh riff, yeah. Yeah, and I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I play like a harmonizing guitar lead over it. It's so silly, and then like we do that every single fucking night, and everyone's like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "I'm always like, yeah, it's a new song we're working on." <laughs> we're anyway, here's the rest of our set. That's great. Yeah, it's fucking stupid, um, but. This is, I mean, this is, is cool, I guess. It's not, you know, my kind of music, but um, it's, like, funny to play it in that context. <laughs> well, we should probably start thinking about wrapping this up. We're going towards, like, 90 minutes at this point, which I think is good, and I'm sure you have a totally. show to play. 
Um, yeah. We're, I uh, do, actually. I think my bandmates are like looking at me being like, why aren't okay. you loading in right now? Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have <laughs> no, a it, episode it, to record right after this, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, are there any other like last minute questions or anything? Um, I just kind of um, wanted to maybe bookend it with, you know, where does Awake with Still in Bed go from here? I mean, now you're you're with Tiny Engines. Um, you have a big tour coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I I was kind of questioning this with some bands on the last episode, but like um, getting out of DIY, I guess, like is that something that's more or less going to happen i don't know i don't know uh i don't like i try not to think about it like that right like i'm not i'm definitely not like i'm not gonna be like oh yeah in 2019 no more diy for me you know what i mean like <laughs> that's not that's how i see things uh basically i don't know i it, it just depends on how people like the bands i guess is uh if if we if our fan base gets to the point where like uh, house shows are like a hazard, then um, then we probably won't play them anymore. But I like house shows, and I like uh, I like playing small shows. Uh, yeah, I, I like I, booking my own shows. Yeah, I I, I so. guess like is like navigating the music industry something that like you're kind of wary of. Definitely, I'm not good at. Edit. I'm not a music industry kind of person. Right. Yeah. Not at all what I'm used to. I, I, I yeah. Um, he, uh, uh, people have asked me, like, you know, how do you get all the press? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, my, you can be like, oh, well, my band's good for starters. <laughs> <laughs> I would never say my band is good. I would say I try really hard. Like, I don't know. That's, like, my thing. I'm so bad at, like, hyping myself up. I, I could never do that. Like, like, I didn't even know if the record was good when I was writing it. I was like, I hope this is really good. I'm writing. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, so it's hard for me. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's cool that other people talk about this band because I, I, otherwise I wouldn't ever talk about it. Um, I'm, I'm not, like, anyway. So, yeah, the music industry stuff is, like, hard for me um uh um and so the, yeah the future i have no idea what it's going to be like uh i know that i'm maturing a lot um there's a booking agent that like wants to talk to me um i don't know i'm not going to say who it is because it may or may not actually happen um i like uh i mean like i mean we, we got the support tour with joyce manor without a booking agent or like Honestly, Tiny Engines had nothing to do with that either. Wow, that was yeah. that was just like that was just Barry hitting Barry Johnson uh, just DMed me on Facebook and I was just like, "Yo, do you want to play some shows?" And I was like, "Let me check my schedule. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask the band if they're down." No, I mean, but yeah, I was like, I was stoked, and I, I said, "Yeah," but um, um, like. That was like crazy to me though, because that's not usually how support tours go. Um, I would like to do more support tours. I feel like that was like that was really fun. I don't like I don't know if that's really gonna happen or not. Uh, I, I like doing these the DIY gigs. Um, I'm working on a record, and uh, uh, that's it. I don't know. It's gonna keep writing music and playing shows and uh, see what happens. I'm not 
counting on anything. I'm not like, I'm trying to just be ready for whatever happens. And it's like mm-hmm. really hard because you can never predict it. Are you um, able to do this full, full, full time? Uh, well, I'm kind of, yeah. uh, I don't make enough money to do it full time, but, I'll, right. um, but I also like, I, but I'm doing that right now. Uh, <laughs> um, because I quit my job to go on this big tour we're on right now. Mm-hmm. And then like, I don't, I'm not going to be able to get another job because we're going on tour again, like right after this tour. Uh, I, I can actually, I can say, I can say who we're touring with next because it's about to be announced, but we're touring with football, et cetera, in a couple of months. Oh, nice. Sweet. Yeah. And like, I, I love that band and I'm really excited to do that with them. It's only like a 10 day tour or whatever, but it's still, it's, we're, we're doing, um, so right after that tour, we're going like through, we're like doing a bunch of dates in Mexico and Canada. So um, uh, that's gonna be fun. Uh, um, I'm trying to. I'm sorry. I'm trying to like think if there's anything else I have to say. Uh, uh, that's cool. We're touring for like the rest of the year, and then I'm probably gonna take like a month off and like stay with my family in Pennsylvania for a little bit. Um, and then I don't know what's going on after that. I'm going to try to write a lot. Um, writing for me takes a really, really, really long time. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I don't have any like plans of like not have uh, necessarily like what's going to happen. Um, I thought I just spent like three minutes saying the exact same thing over and over again. (laughs) Did that answer your question at all? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, that's all I have. Okay, cool. Ellie, I don't know. Do you want anything else? Um, no, I think we we covered a lot of the stuff in this episode. I'm really happy with it. Yeah, so. same. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thanks thank so you much, Shannon. so much. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. It was nice.